0: Real noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
1: Equity minds! I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is easy. <laughs> Equity Welcome back to another episode of Equity Made. It's a podcast that follows our journey of investing. And whether you're an absolute beginner or approaching Warren Buffett status, our aim is to help break down your barriers from beginning to dividend. If you're just getting started or you've just joined the community, welcome. We've got a podcast called Get Started Investing that will get you up to speed. Otherwise, let's get stuck straight in. My name is Bryce and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you?
2: I'm very good, Bryce. Very excited for this episode Happy new financial year to those that celebrate. Thank you, yeah.
1: Did you do anything? Yeah, big night. Really? No.
2: (laughs) No, we're too busy here, Ren. We're too busy. We were speaking to someone who works at a big four accounting firm and they were so surprised that we didn't do anything for it. I know,
1: same as Emily who came, who works with us now as partnerships. When she first arrived here, she couldn't believe we didn't do a big end of financial year. It's just never party. crossed
2: my mind to do anything for It's it.
1: obviously big in finance everyone wraps up takes us a chance to, to take a breather we just don't have the time
2: or the inclination or
1: I I'd, I'd throw a party
2: for end of financial year <laughs> yeah Fair enough. <laughs> but like,
1: <laughs> what, anyway, there's more important things to focus on at the moment. That's the thing. But um, yeah, we wrapped it. We're into a new year. But in today's episode, we're going to cover off some of the conversations I've been having with Henry around the strategy of looking at companies that are in the dog kennel leading into the end of financial year and what happens to those that are, or finding the ones that then bounce as, uh, as the new year kicks off. We're also going to uh, li- have a chat with a, a community member member L and then close out with a five minute valuation that you've been doing with Andrew Page, Wren.
2: To and be clear I'm going to have more than five minutes for that segment but the valuation yeah. only takes five minutes.
1: Yeah, yeah, we've well, got ten minutes to do that segment so you better get it done in ten.
2: <laughs> wow, yeah. someone's punchy this morning. <laughs> yeah, ten minutes. Uh, now, before we get into it uh, we should just remind you that while we are licensed, we're not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Any advice on this podcast is general. only. Uh, And the stocks that we speak about today, when we do the valuation work at the end, it's not a personal stock recommendation. Do your own work, seek your own advice. But Bryce, before we get into today's episode, one piece of housekeeping. We are very excited uh, about the launch of our second book.
1: Yeah, massive, massive. The the book is launched on the 22nd of August, but it is available for pre-sale now, pre-order, I should say. And we know that money is stressful at the moment. And if you're investing, it can be hard to know if what you're doing is enough. And that is the concept of this book.
2: Yeah, it's called Don't Stress, Just Invest. Um, And it is really our effort to explain the simplest way to start investing or to to continue investing as well, uh, to set yourself up uh, and then get on with your life. So uh, available wherever books are sold, uh, going out on the 22nd of August. Uh, we hope it helps. We hope you get around it. But Bryce, let's get into today's episode. We've both been working with experts to continue to become better investors. You've been working with Henry Jennings. I've been working with Andrew Page. We both have had homework, things to go away and continue working on. And yours was to answer the question, who let the dogs out yeah. of woof, woof. FY23? the <laughs>
1: Who let the dogs out? Uh, Insert who let the dogs out clip there, Sasha. That would be fun. Um,
2: (laughs) Mildly fun. Mildly fun.
1: Good old track back in the day. Anyway, yes. So, the thesis here was that as you come into the end of financial year, a lot of people do tax loss selling.
2: And that's if a stock has four, if they've lost money on a stock, they can sell it and then claim that loss to offset capital gains. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so you often see on the at the on the smaller end of town, particularly, a lot of those what Henry calls as dog kennel stocks, those that have performed really badly and are in the dog kennel, they they get sold off, and that sort of momentum continues into the end of financial year, with the idea or the thesis being that if you keep an eye on a few and have a you know, I guess a thesis as to why these companies shouldn't be sold down as much. There's an opportunity to, I guess, I guess get them on the other side of um, when the new financial year kicks in, and people start buying back into those stocks because they've been hammered so much.
2: So the analytical work to do is to distinguish which stocks are actually, actually. just bad, <laughs> yes, and then which stocks have been oversold for tax reasons yeah. because they have fallen, yeah. But are actually quality and have become undervalued.
1: Yes, that's the wor- That's the that's the tricky part. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or you just go for stocks that are just oversold, knowing that they could be really bad and will remain bad, but might get a bit of an uptick in July.
2: Yep. <laughs> yep. So, <laughs> so Ren, so- the
1: good news is that for some of the stocks that were on our list, the thesis is playing out. So let's let's take a look. The first company we had was Zip, which was down. Twenty-five percent. Now, over the last six days, or since the start of the financial year, it's uh, it's up ten percent. So it was down.
2: S- it was down twenty-five percent in the last financial in year the la- for the financial year. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you look at it from its peak, obviously, down no, a lot no more that's of it. not yeah. what we're talking about
2: today.
1: <laughs> um, so down twenty-five percent, but it is ripping up ten percent uh, for the start of the year. Beacon Lighting down thirty percent. It's up seven. Um, Rural Funds Group down 27%, it's up six and a half. Uh, Retail, we had Baby Bunting, it was down 70%. Tough year for Baby Bunting, yeah, it's up 7%. Now, uh, Nero, which is a marketing and comms business, um, they were down 48%, they're up 8%. High Pages, which we've had on the show, they were down 39% for the year, they're up 16%. Another retail City Chic down 83% for the year. Yeah. It's uh it's ripped 13% since the start. And points bet, which was down 71% for the year, it's flat. So those were the companies that, you know, Henry and I kind of got together on the list. Um, not to say any of those are from a thesis point of view in a in a good position to, you know, knock the lights out, but it's shoot the lights out, but it's just interesting. That, so
2: uh, uh, to unveil the curtain on our friendship group, uh, there's uh, there's a joke that of leskyisms that we call it, where Bryce has the habit of mashing two sayings together, and he's just done it there. Uh, knock it out of the park yeah. and shoot the lights out. Yeah. Uh, get Leskied together to become knock knock the lights knock out. the
1: lights out. Yeah, with, yeah, with the, yeah. Anyway, so 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 look if 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 you had. No, no,
2: yeah. hold on, hold on, hold on. I got three questions for you. Yeah. Um, and the first one, which is, I think, where you were going. Mm-hmm. I think you are about to say, if you had invested. So my question is, did you invest in any of those? No,
1: services? I made it very clear that I wasn't going to actually put money in on this strategy. I think it's fraught, and <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to be honest about it. Like, I yeah, think, yeah. I think if you get it, if you get it right, but from and also, I think to be fair to Henry as well. You're obviously not making the investments – you could make the investments towards the end of the financial year as, you, as you're as you recognising which companies are really smashed and hope that you really do get in towards the bottom. But kind of what Henry is saying is like you develop this list and then you use July as a chance to see which ones are, are genuinely picking up pace and then match that with what your thesis is, is, you know, the thesis shouldn't be sh- – should still be some sort of positive thesis.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's like it's it- – Creates an attractive entry point. To exactly. Use a bit of exactly. Because
1: otherwise, you're like, all right, financial years ended. I've just got to like now shoot darts at 15 of these companies and hope that they all hope that they all rip, and then sell out and take the profit. Like that's just, uh, you know, not not something that I want to be playing in. But I think the whole purpose of this exercise was just to see the strategy if the strategy plays out. And in these instances, it is. I think what will be interesting is if we check in in a month. And see where these companies are at.
2: So second question looking at that list, outside of points bet, the thesis played out for all of them. What are there? Eight companies here. Was did you did you trim the list? Were there other ones that you had on your wasn't played out and we're just talking about them? Or has it literally played out in seven out of the eight?
1: Let's well let's have a look. So another one on the list. If you if you quickly look at elders, another I'll look at Adairs and I, I just didn't do all of them on the list cuz they were just too many. too many so
2: elders over the past year are down 44% past 5 days up 8%. okay full credit
1: so i'm looking at um adairs adairs is actually adairs started ripping just before end of financial year and it's up 24% after being slammed like huge sell-off coming into end of financial year to the tune of a drop of almost 40% in a month leading into the end of financial year, it then flattened out and then has ripped 24%. So I guess, yeah, it's kind of playing out in some instances, but it's just such a, it's a game that, yeah, it's a game that requires, you got to be in it.
2: (laughs) I I would say, investing as a whole, you need to be in it.
1: Not with dollar-cost averaging automated um, like the book that we're about to true, write. True, true, true. <laughs> don't <laughs> stress, just written.
2: invest. Yeah. If you don't want to be in it, but you want to get the benefits of it, to read that book. Interesting. So, my third question, Bryce, out of that list, weren't two of those stocks, baby bunting down 7 80% and city shake down 83% weren't they stocks la, 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 la. <laughs> They were stocks of the year for you weren't they
1: yeah but as we know it's, it's stock of the year not stocks of the years <laughs>
2: oh sorry I've misunderstood the game yeah the yeah side. yeah <laughs>
1: I'm all about just the short-term 12-month play um <clears throat> baby bunting did well for me for stock of the year I don't think city chic did I just think it was that your stock that year did worse I think City Sheikh. I ended up down. Sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so um, I jumped on ticker uh, ticker t i k r dot com slash equity mates if you want to jump on as well and just did a stock screener to see this uh, thesis as well. This dog's thesis probably need a less pejorative name for it. Um, but I just put in uh, four four filters: uh, primary exchange ASX, stock price change over the last three months because. I didn't look at the whole FY23. I just figured this would be tax loss yeah, yeah. towards the end of the year. Yeah. So I said let, fallen more than 10% uh, in the last three months. Mm-hmm. And then in the last week, it's gained.
1: Doing your, my homework for me.
2: Um, well, I just wanted to see if I could just screen this out yeah, rather yeah. than have to do individual yeah. names, yeah. ask Henry Jennings for, a, you know. Um, and I also just wanted to make sure that you, if you hadn't done your homework, we had something to talk about. <laughs> Man, I'm all over it. I'm all over it. Um, i and there was a hate that came back, so then I just put a market cap um, market cap over five hundred million USD, just to, um, so the the names were a little bit more well known, and there were a few big ones that came up. So uh, Star Entertainment Group uh, down twenty percent over the past three months, up ten percent in the past week. Elders, you've mentioned Sightminder. Um, yes. Bailador's, um, the company that Bailador invested in, they're like hotel accommodation management, down 14% past three months, up 5% in the past week.
1: LaVissa, that's one that um, a couple of, well, not a couple, but I know a fair, fair few uh, mates community have been holding. It was down 18%. It's up seven. Yeah. Elders, six.
2: Uh, Premier Investments down 23% over the past three months, up 3%. Uh, in the past week. So it is interesting. Like you do see, like there's, there's,
1: there's definitely, it is here. It's a, yeah, it's It's a thesis that has worked. Well, yeah, that has played out. Um, maybe, yeah, the challenge is knowing what to pick. And I think to Henry's point, it's like, just use this, not as the sole investment thesis, just as a, okay, Let's now continue to watch some of these over the next month or so, still with the idea of that it needs a catalyst, it needs you know a broader thesis than just tax loss selling, now it's ripping.
2: Well, Bryce, uh, we said we were going to do these coaching sessions with these experts to try and become better investors, try and keep learning. And I can certainly say that I've learned something from uh, your work with Henry and um May it long continue.
1: Now, one thing that I've also oh, learned from that him- was going to be our out. <laughs> I must give credit to Henry. If you have been listening intently to the conversations we've been having, he's mentioned a company. This is not a buy, hold, or sell, but kudos to him. The ticker is LRS, Latin Resources. It was in our most recent episode with him. He said that they were going to do uh, an, a, an, an announcement, and he was very bullish on it. So full credit to Henry, Latin um, Resources, a lithium company. He's, he's hot on lithium. I'm just going to say from June, which was uh, when we probably uh, spoke about it on the show, the last six weeks, it's ripped about 105%, and he reckons that... Uh, it's currently thirty cents. That it'll be a dollar within the next year or two. I cannot not buy, hold, I cannot, or sell.
2: I cannot stress how much uh, Henry is not aware of your personal circumstances, no. and neither is Bryce. And for every Latin resources that Bryce talks about on the show, he also talks about a city shake or a baby bunting. So let's just really balance out what we're talking about here. Yes. Uh, but with that clear Lithium. caveat in mind. Full credit, Henry. Full Jenner. credit,
1: Henry. Full credit, Henry. It was <laughs> hot on core lithium as well. But anyway, Ren, that's that's my homework. Love it. Yeah.
2: So Bryce, let's uh, take a quick break here, uh, and then after the break, I'm going to unpack my homework. I'm going to talk about a quick five-minute valuation method that anyone can do, even you, in ten minutes. No, no, it only takes five minutes to do the valuation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Sweet.
2: You're saying the segment can only be 10 minutes. Yeah. I don't know
1: why we're poor. Can
2: someone run the clock back on how long Bryce's segment was? My <laughs>
1: segment wasn't titled Five Minute Valuation. No, but. <laughs> I, it shouldn't be more than five I minutes if it's a five minute valuation. I get it, let's get going
2: I think we cut some of this to be honest um, But before then, uh, we're going to chat to a member of the Equity Mates community, Elle Who is just starting her investing journey uh, Was worried that she'd left her run a little bit too late And I know that is a feeling for a lot of people in the mates community uh, So we're going to chat to Elle uh, after this
0: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince dot com slash style to get free shipping and three hundred and sixty five day returns on your next order. Quince dot com slash style. Hello. Hi,
2: L. it's uh, Alec from Equity Mates. How are you going? Good, good. Uh, yeah, very good. I've also got Bryce here.
1: Hello, how are you?
2: Now I think um you commented in the Facebook group that uh, you were wondering if you had sort of missed the boat. So, how are you feeling now?
0: Yeah, look, that was the uh, the initial question that I that I posted, and because I'm. Um, 42 years old. So, uh, my question originally was, have I left my run too late? And I think the general consensus from the community was, was no, just get started, which is kind of what I anticipated that I would hear or hoped I would hear. <laughs>
2: yeah, it'd be very disappointing if you got the other. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, too late. All right. <laughs> 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 uh.
0: But yeah, then my flow on question from that was then in relation to what the portfolio should look like. Because I've read, I've sort of read conflicting information. So some people say you want to, if you're sort of on the back half going towards retirement, you you want to be picking safe options, um, which I guess is because you don't want to lose everything and then have nothing to retire on. But then the flip side of that was, well, you haven't got a lot of time to see a return, so you can't just sort of pick safe stocks that are just going to go up mediocre increments because you sort of you haven't got that time to sit on it. So yeah, I guess I just uh, wanted to get a better understanding of what the portfolio should look like. Should there be a mix? Should I be more safe? Should I be more growth stocks? Um, yeah, where do I go?
1: Well, I think it's obviously something that you, from a personal situation, you, you definitely need to, I think, speak to a, a professional about, but I think there's like a general way that you can Think about it. I think your time horizon is the first thing that you consider, and like whatever your goal is, like if you're intending to retire and live off your investment portfolio in the next five years, then your portfolio is going to look different to if you don't need to touch this money for the next 25 years, for example.
0: Yeah, <laughs> definitely more the latter.
1: What you're doing at the moment, really, and letting your money compound over 25 years, you are certainly be better off than if you started in the next five years or the next 10 years. And you don't have to take huge amounts of risk to let that kind of happen. A diverse, diversified portfolio of ETFs is A good enough strategy to let the money compound over a period of time. You don't need to be taking huge risks to try and double your money in the next five years. Like your goal is twenty five to thirty years. That's heaps of time. Yeah. That's heaps of time.
0: Because everything, a lot of stuffs focused on like the millennials, and yeah, 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 yeah. that that ship sailed.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's different for someone. I was speaking with someone yesterday, and they were saying that their child is. Looking at investing in ETFs, and they're twelve years old, and I was just thinking, well, yeah. God damn it! <laughs> like that—that yeah, that very- kid has if uh, they—they are just so set up to reap the real rewards of like Warren Buffett, long ninety years of being in the market.
0: Yeah, and see, this is that was my other question because I've got two kids, seven and nine, and I I want to set them up so. I've been sort of teaching them a little bit about what I've learnt because it just helps it helps consolidate it for me as well, but then I reiterate it to them and um you know I'd love to set them up so that they've mm. got the knowledge right from the start and mm. then they can get good habits while they're young,
1: yeah, I think at that age you there most of the the, the brokerage apps and the banks let you sit up set up an account like you're the the custodian of it essentially, I don't think they can have one in their own name
2: yeah i think I think there's probably two answers. Two parts to that. So, like, the platform side of it that Bryce was going down. I'm pretty sure Sharesies have kids' accounts. And, uh, you know, Vanguard have something that's similar. The parents set it up. So, that's one side. Like, there's more and more platforms that are uh, sort of leaning into this, um, you know, first generation of parents that grew up with the internet and online investing now want to set their kids up to do it. But I think the other side is like the behavioural side and we often joke that Bryce had sort of the perfect upbringing when it comes to learning about investing and I'm sure you've heard us bang on about it on the show. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I reckon just like if I had been exposed to the stock market, how it worked and how you could sort of build wealth passively essentially through the stock market at a young age I reckon it would have really changed my outlook about just money in general and so I reckon what Bryce's parents did getting the kids to split the pocket money between what spending saving and investing I'm sure there were a few tantrums from young Bryce at the time yeah. because he just wanted all the money
0: <laughs> yeah I'm going through that at the moment because I've set them up with four money boxes so they've got spend save grow and give. And yeah, so we have to divide it up. And yeah, they just everything's going into the spend. I was <laughs> like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's definitely the right thing. Though. Yeah, it is. Getting the eldest started. is a lot more on board with it than the youngest. I must say. So he's got all these ideas. He's going to start his own business, and he's going to do all this stuff. And the young ones just like oh, that's too hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we'll, we'll give it
1: time. It's, yeah, it's conceptually difficult to understand the the power of compounding at nine years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you don't quite understand long term. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: and like, I've tried to get them excited about it, but they just want their footy cards and they want them yeah. now.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Instant gratification.
2: Well, yeah. who knows the way the way that Pokemon cards became like a really valuable asset? Yeah. Maybe footy cards are the best investment. They can. Who knows? Make. Who knows?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: If you'd like to speak with us on the show, hit us up at contact at equitymates.com or join us in the Facebook discussion group.
2: So Bryce, investing for kids, uh, which Elle was asking about there, certainly something that more and more people in the Equitymates community are asking about. That might just be an indication that we're getting older.
1: Uh, Maybe, but I think it's also becoming more and more of a, I don't know, more and more accessible for for, for people. We were at an event last night and uh, spoke to a couple of people about you know, parents who are interested in how they can set up for their kids. So, yeah, it's definitely – I'd love to be a kid at –
2: I'd love to be a kid as well, carefree, <laughs> carefree, like people cooking Investment your meals and cleaning, kicking like, away. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, so Ren, having hair.
1: So <laughs> uh, Ren, now I started with my homework. It's now time for yours. Last time you sat down with Andrew Page, who is your mentor. You've been really working through the valuation method, yeah. or a valuation method, I should say, that is um, not a quick and dirty, but a you it know, is quick and dirty. Quick and dirty. Yeah, okay. yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, I think, you know, if we're on the journey to find great long-term investments, individual stocks that will compound over time, there's two parts to it. One is how what's the quality of the business and can it generate profits and reinvest that profit at a high rate of return? But then the second part of it is what's the price you're paying today? Because... Great businesses can be terrible investments if you overpay for them. Um, and so that's kind of the conversation that Andrew and I have been having and some of the work I've been doing uh, between our chats. Now, in our last conversation, we did, I guess, a bit of a worked example. We took NetWealth, the um, wealth platform here in Australia, and and looked at it. So as a refresher, this five-minute valuation exercise really starts with the premise that share price is a function of two things the profit per share or earnings per share a company is generating and then the multiple that the market is willing to give it the price to earnings multiple so if a company has earnings per share of one dollar and the company is willing to give it a price to earnings ratio of 10 then the share price is 10 dollars.
1: and fundamentally what if i'm trying to do this and it's not profitable we'll get to that okay nice
2: um And so, the valuation method is then you start with that as your starting point, you project forward what you think profit per share will be in the future and what multiple the market will be willing to pay for that profit in the future and that you can estimate what the future share price will be and then you say, I know what the share price is today, I've estimated what the share price will be in the future and then is that return Uh, worth it for me like uh, is that something that I want let's say equity mates media generating a dollar of profit per share and because we're just a a growth company that everyone is so excited about the market is giving us a multiple of 50 a price to earnings ratio of 50 so a dollar of profit a multiple of 50 means our share price is 50 dollars a share and let's say we crush it We grow our podcast, we uh, figure out YouTube and um, blow up on TikTok and we double our profit per share to $2 next year. But the market sours on podcasting as a business and they say, we don't want to value you as a growth company anymore. We want to value you as a media company. So, I had a look at media companies. Nine Entertainment um, is trading on a multiple of 12 at the moment.
1: That's, That's good. It's bad. No, nah, last time I looked at listed media, it's in the fours and fives for some. Oh, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh,
2: so uh, we've doubled our profit to two dollars a share, but the market is willing to give us less of a multiple, uh, and we get twelve. So that means two times twelve. Our multiple, our share price is twenty-four. So in that scenario, the profit for the business has doubled, one dollar to two dollars a share but the share price has more than halved from $50 a share to $24 a share. And so that is conceptually this valuation method.
1: I mean, it's hard. Like how do you determine what the market is going to be willing to pay for these crazy growth companies and how far out are you projecting?
2: Well, let's start with Novo Nordisk because I think that this will go some way to answer your question. I think there's some like general rules of thumb you can use. Um, and Novo Nordisk is probably an example that illustrates that. So maybe let's start with that. Um, but to answer your question, you know, growth companies that, where the market expects a lot of growth, you generally see price to earnings in the range of 30 to 60 these days, depending on how much growth they're expecting. And then slower growing companies, you see that multiple come down into the 20s, And then when people are sort of questioning the business model and the sustainability of it, maybe like um, some legacy media, you start to see it in the tens or the single digits these days. I think that that's probably a a general rule of thumb.
1: The one that always um, surprises me where every time I look at an Amazon PE of 316. (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. So... Novo Nordisk, uh, for people who are
2: unfamiliar, they are making these crazy weight loss drugs. Um, Ozempic is the one that's captured headlines. But then there's another one that they've made, Wigovi, that apparently is even more effective than Ozempic. We're entering like a strange new world with these drugs. The Eli Lilly have created one that is potentially even more effective than Novo Nordisk, Anyway, we can get into that some other time, but I think it is a fascinating story. Actually, you know what? We'll do an episode on it on The Dive. So if you want to hear more about this story, head over to The Dive, our business news show. We'll unpack it there. Novo Nordisk. Earnings per share this uh, 2022, $3.53. A share price of about $160, which means the multiple the market's giving them is 45, a 45 price to earnings. Now, you'd expect with these guys with their crazy new weight loss treatments, they're going to grow and they're going to grow pretty quickly. So 45, the market, you can tell that the market expects them to grow as well. Uh, I did some research looking at third-party pharmaceutical publications, the company's own projections, to get an idea of what they're projecting in terms of sales and profit growth. They expect sales to increase 83% between 2022 and 2029 and profit to grow at about 13 to 16% a year. Seven years, so to 2029, 13% a year profit growth is a bit more than double. Let's say for ease of maths, profit doubles over the next seven years. So in 2029, we've gone from $3.53 earnings per share to $7 earnings per share, doubling our profit. It's pretty good. But at that point, sales of this drug have probably slowed. The hype's probably out of it. So, the market doesn't expect as much growth anymore. And in that case, then, the multiple that the markets would be paying is less. They wouldn't be getting a 45 price to earnings anymore. So, I took three big pharmaceutical companies to compare. Uh, Pfizer, heard of them? (laughs) Yeah. They're trading on a seven price to earnings at the moment. Um, Johnson & Johnson at a 34 and then I figured Merck is probably the middle ground at twenty two. If the market is willing to give them Pfizer's price to earnings, a 7 that they'll be a share price of forty nine dollars. So you'd lose about two thirds of your money, yeah. even if they double their profit. Yeah. Johnson and Johnson, a bit more generous price to earnings, thirty four. That would get you to a share price of about two hundred and forty bucks. So you'd make about fifty percent. Yeah. Not bad. The middle ground, Merck 22 price to earnings, uh, would get you $154 share price. It's 160 now. So, basically, we're saying profit doubles, but share price stays flat.
1: At the current PE rates?
2: No, at these...
1: Yeah, the, at, the, at what the market's paying. Yeah, now for, for because I I've,
2: t- I've taken them because they're like the three biggest pharmaceutical companies. So I figured like slower growing, more established. You know, a lot of different drugs that are in the market.
1: I guess my point though is, isn't the second half of this to also anticipate what those PEs could be?
2: That's exactly what I'm doing.
1: But like, uh, like that's that's based on now the PE that the market's paying for Johnson and Johnson now.
2: I'm set. Sa- yeah. So I think Novo Nordisk in 2029 is going to be in a similar position to Johnson and Johnson now. Gotcha. Is what we're saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah. Yeah. The the other way I could have said it is just I think right now they're getting a PE of 45 because they're in the growth phase. In 2029 they'll be less growing and the market will give them 20. Sort of just pulled a like a here's where whereabouts. Yeah, that's what grow. I
1: thought what you were going to do as well. Because you could go the other way with these growth companies. You could say, you know, historically companies that are in a similar position have had PEs go from X to X in this, the same business life cycle? I mean,
2: that's essentially what we're doing because like these more established players are in that that different I'm just just trying to bring some colour to to the numbers. (laughs) I'm just asking the
1: questions that people are going to be wanting to know. Fair (laughs) enough, fair enough.
2: So yeah, let's say if we just did hypothetically as a company moves from a growth phase to a uh, slower, more steady phase, more established business phase, they would go from a multiple of 45 to a multiple of 20. Uh, in that case, they're going from 160 share price, doubling their profits, but less multiple, and they're about the same. Yeah.
1: And so, if you were to use that example, very back of the envelope, but it you'd need to be getting a Johnson & Johnson level of PE to make the investment worth it.
2: Or profit would need to grow faster than what we projected. Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah. So, a lot of numbers, which I recognize are probably not the best on a podcast, uh, but hopefully conceptually that makes sense, that like with just a couple of key numbers, you can start to sort of think about valuation in a way that doesn't require a full discounted cash flow.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very simple way to just ground the start of your decision making.
2: Yeah, just sense check, like, Mm. what has to be true Mm. for this company to make me money? And I think for me, answering that question for Novo Nordisk, it's uh, what has to be true? um, Because, like, what will be true is that that multiple will come down. Yeah. Just, like, history tells us that um, over time, companies don't grow forever and... um, that multiple comes down. So what has to be true for this company to be a good investment is it has to more than double its profits. Hmm. For that's sort of what I've taken from this to, for it to grow into the valuation it's got now.
1: It's one of those ones, yeah. I mean, or it goes the other way and it just goes, the PE just goes through the roof.
2: <laughs> yeah, but like the market's always forward looking. So yeah. if the PE goes through the roof, that means the market doesn't just expect a Zempic to go well, but it expects like the next thing to be even bigger and even better
1: yeah but your, th- your yeah your theory Mate, of this new world of every uh, obesity is going to be a choice obesity will be a choice like the, i mean that like that's pretty crazy this could be mean. exactly the that if you think about that on a global scale like that's massive yeah massive i
2: think <laughs> the challenge is going to be like so many things in the pharmaceutical space someone pioneers it and everyone else follows it, it. Yeah, and yeah. so um, Eli Lilly, as I we said earlier, their drug, their clinical trials. So as MPIC, uh the clinical trial um, over sixty-eight weeks, the average weight loss was fifteen kilos. Uh, over sixty-eight weeks, Eli Lilly over forty-eight weeks, so twenty less weeks, the average weight loss twenty-four kilos. Like these are crazy numbers, mm. yeah. I feel like you're not... Well, I was as, just
1: doing the maths. What was it? 24 kilos over what?
2: So 24 kilos over 48 weeks.
1: And so what was the other one?
2: 15 kilos over 68 weeks. Oh, 15 weeks. kilos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow.
1: Anyway, tune into the dive for more info on that as yeah. uh, as we unpack it. But we uh, will leave it there. That does bring us to the end of our episode. Uh, we'll continue the discussions and learning with our our mentors as we go. Jump into the Facebook discussion group if you have any questions for Ren on on the formula here. Um, he'd be I guess, I'm assuming you're going to be happy to answer some questions. Yeah, for <laughs> so sure. um, yeah, it's a, it's if you're interested in. I guess the back of the envelope valuation, then um, this is certainly one that is very achievable. You don't need to be cracking out spreadsheets and discounted cash flows. So yeah, we'll leave it there. Uh, A reminder that the book is available for pre-sale. Link will be in the show notes. We would really appreciate your support. And if there's anyone in your life that is looking to get into the markets and start their investing journey, but feeling a a little bit unsure as to how, then this is definitely the book for them. But Ren, we'll leave it there. Pick it up next week. Sounds good.